All right. Welcome back to another episode of Finding Freedom with Food. I'm your host, Cindy Fox, and I almost can't believe that Halloween is in the rearview mirror and the holiday season is officially upon us. This is the season where we are encouraged to eat, drink, and be merry. But let's get real for a minute. The holidays can be stressful for a variety of reasons. Buying gifts, being around certain family members that are maybe a little annoying or triggering. And then there is all the holiday food. And if you've struggled with dieting and body image, it's natural for this time of year to feel extra challenging because food is everywhere. And we're also bombarded with chatter about how many calories are in our favorite holiday treats and how many miles we have to run to earn that holiday dinner. Well, I want this holiday season to be different for you. Now, whether it's stressful family situations, schedules and routines that get chaotic, food and diet talk, and being around more food than usual this time of year, it can be a lot. And so my goal for this episode is to prepare you to feel empowered and capable of navigating the holidays from an intuitive eating perspective. So I want to help you enjoy the holiday season, the food and the parties without the stress, without yo-yoing between overindulging and restricting, and without feeling out of control and turning the next several weeks into a last supper eating frenzy before vowing to get back on track and starting a new diet on January 1st. Now it is possible to have a holiday season where you can enjoy all of the food that you truly want. You can eat according to how your body feels. You feel prepared to deal with uncomfortable comments about weight, food, and diets, and where you don't have to dread getting back on track again and back on the wagon come January 1st. I want to help you make this season a completely different experience. So I'm going to share my seven strategies to help you navigate the holiday season without guilt, drama, and obsessing about food 24-7, and with eating in a way that feels good and supports your physical and emotional health and well-being. Now, here's my first strategy, visualizing your intentions for the holiday season ahead of time. Now, I always find it extremely helpful to spend some time visualizing and getting in a headspace of being intentional before interactions or situations or events that have the potential to be somewhat stress-inducing. Now, if this holiday season is gonna be different, free of guilt, drama, and obsessing about food, it needs to start with an intentional shifting of your mindset and preparing yourself for how you will think, feel, and behave around food. Now, it can be really empowering to envision how you want to feel and act around food and your family and friends during the holidays. And what I'm talking about is more than just simply, I want to feel calm and happy. I want to encourage you to really think about what it will look like when you are being intentional with how you will approach various food-focused experiences, interactions with family and friends, and the inevitable diet and body talk. Now, here are some prompts that can help you be intentional during this holiday season as you prepare for parties or events that you're going to be attending. Now, first, what are your most favorite holiday foods? When and where will you have the opportunity to eat those foods? And how will you engage with and allow yourself to enjoy, taste, and experience those foods without guilt? Here's an example. 
So I really enjoy pumpkin pie around the holidays and I'm looking forward to eating it. So what I'm envisioning is seeing myself really feeling relaxed as I eat a slice of pumpkin pie after dinner with a cup of coffee. I eat it slowly. I'm enjoying the flavors. I'm putting my fork down between bites as I engage in meaningful conversation with my daughter and my niece and their husbands. I also envision how my stomach's going to feel after eating. It's going to feel satisfied, pleasantly full, not stuffed. I also envision waking up in the morning feeling rested, not thinking about how many miles I have to walk to burn off the calories or to earn food that I'll eat later. Now, another thing to intentionally consider is how you want to engage with loved ones over the holidays. So which family members and friends are you most looking forward to seeing and spending time with? When and where will you have the opportunity to spend time with them? And how will you engage in conversations and make the interactions most meaningful? Now, also, which family members or friends are you maybe least looking forward to seeing and spending time with? How will you choose to engage with them? And what can you do to make the interaction as pleasant as possible? So let me give you an example. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to the annual cookie baking extravaganza with my daughter, my granddaughters, my sister, and my niece. And so I envision our playfulness, how we'll reminisce about our favorite family memories and stories. And there's going to be sprinkles everywhere. Now, I also envision some playful redirective comments about calories and any guilt for all the sampling we're going to be doing while we're baking. Now, I also envision myself at an annual holiday friend gathering where I craftily change the topic when my weight-obsessed friend starts lamenting about how much weight she wants to lose and which diet she plans to start on January 1st. And we all have experienced diet talk during the holidays. It can be somewhat triggering to hear. And this is why we need to consciously choose how we want to engage, think, feel, and behave when diet culture conversations arise. I recommend coming up with some mantras that you can repeat to yourself when diet talk maybe triggers a negative thought. So can you observe that thought and decide how to respond instead of immediately believing and responding to it? So a simple mantra can be, that doesn't serve me. And when someone talks about a food being unhealthy or how many miles they need to run to burn off calories, stop and say to yourself, that does not serve me. This will help to redirect your mind to thoughts that are empowering and lead to positive behaviors. Now, another mantra that you may find helpful is food is just food. This will help you disconnect from the morality that so often gets tied to food. All foods serve a purpose. Some foods are more nutrient dense and they provide us with important vitamins and minerals. And some foods are meant to be enjoyed for their taste and pleasure. They all have a place. It's not a big deal. Now, my second strategy is to plan your menus intentionally and with flexibility. And so one of my top strategies for navigating the holidays would be to plan your menus each week. And this is something that I recommend that my clients do on an ongoing basis because it really does make intuitive eating so much easier and it can save you a lot of time and money. Now, winging it is not a strategy and you're much more likely to fall into a pattern of eating out or ordering in 
when you don't have the food on hand that you need to put together a meal or a snack. Now, you can absolutely make a plan for weekly meals and snacks without it being rigid and diety. So start by thinking about certain foods, meals, and snacks that you're craving. Plan things that are satisfying and consider what really makes sense based on the amount of time and effort it takes to prepare them based on your schedule. So a little time spent prepping for the week. To me, I feel like this is such a great act of self-care and you're going to be so thankful for it as you go through the week. I often will make some breakfast and some lunch meals ahead. That will make my mornings a lot easier. I also try to do some ingredient prep ahead of time so that it can make dinner prep faster as well. Now, having things like veggies cleaned and prepped ahead of time and stored in containers in the fridge may not sound like a big deal until you get home late and you're hungry and you need to get dinner made in a hurry. Now, for busy weeks with holiday events, you may want to plan for simple meals like soup and sandwiches or hearty dinner salads or flatbread pizzas that can be flexible, pulled together in the moment, and tailored to what you're craving. Now, I say this all the time, but be sure to eat consistent meals and snacks and avoid the tendency to skip meals before parties. It's not uncommon for people to try and save up for the big holiday meal, And that was certainly my MO back in my dieting days. But here's the problem with this. Skipping meals leads to primal hunger, which happens when your body is beyond that point of needing fuel. And so I want to remind you that this very often backfires. By the time you allow yourself to eat, your body is so over hungry and feeling deprived that it becomes really hard to enjoy the food that you're eating or to stop when you're feeling comfortably full. Skipping meals can also lead to low blood sugar, increased cravings, and increased binging. So eating consistent meals and snacks is going to help your body trust that food is available and it promotes reliable hunger and fullness cues. Now this leads me to my next strategy, which is staying tuned into your body. Now the overall objective of intuitive eating is learning to reconnect with and trust our bodies. Now I always say that our bodies are a whole lot smarter than we typically give them credit for. Our bodies intuitively know what they need to thrive and your body is gonna give you the signals that tell you when you're hungry, when you're full, and what foods are gonna be satisfying and satiated. And the key is to make sure that you slow down to check in. So I want to walk you through how to check in with your body to help you stay tuned in while eating. So before you begin eating a holiday meal, take a moment, check in with your appetite without judgment. Are you hungry? And if so, how hungry are you? Are you slightly hungry? Maybe you're very hungry. Maybe you're ravenous or you know, are you full? Maybe you ate a fair amount of snacks and appetizers and you're not really that hungry at all right now. No worries. We're not judging the sensation. You're just raising your awareness. And now that you have a heightened awareness of how hungry or full you're feeling, you want to scan the food on the table and make some decisions about what looks most appealing. Now, my motto is, if you don't love it, don't bother. But if you do love it, savor it. And the idea is to let your body guide you and make intentional decisions. Now, maybe everything looks really appealing and you want to try some of everything. Maybe you're only hungry for a couple specific things. That's fine too. 
If you have snacked leading up to the meal and you're really not that hungry, you get to decide maybe if you still eat right now and how much of the food that you want to eat. While you're eating, you want to stay connected to your body so you don't end up uncomfortably full. So check in with your body partway through the meal and then again at the end. How does your body feel? What do you notice? How does the food taste? And this is a big one because you can gauge your last bite threshold, which is that point at which you maybe have a bite or two left in you when the taste of the food starts to diminish. Now, if you could use some help with gauging your personal hunger and fullness cues, you may want to go back to episode four of the podcast where I dove into the various levels of hunger and fullness and how to identify the level that you're at. You can also go to hungerfulness.com and download my free guide. It includes a hunger fullness scales with visuals and details for how to use it. Now, here is another thing to consider. While tuning into your body's cues is important, it is completely normal to eat past the point of fullness sometimes during the holidays, or maybe to eat a special cookie or a dessert even when you aren't hungry. It's completely okay. The holidays are a perfect example of a time where we sometimes eat for the experience and the pleasure of foods instead of purely physical hunger. And while it is good to listen to our bodies so that we don't end up feeling completely physically uncomfortable, feeling overly full, you know what? It's not the end of the world. It doesn't mean that you've instantly gained weight. It doesn't mean that you're bad. It's a temporary sensation. And guess what? Your body can manage it with its digestive system. Your body is completely well-equipped to deal with fullness. Now, I also think it's helpful to learn from experiences where you eat past comfortable fullness. No judgment, get curious. And again, it's normal to sometimes eat more than you intended during the holidays, but instead of berating yourself, treat these instances as learning opportunities. Reflect on the experience. What made you feel too full and how can you prevent that in the future? Now, mindfully tasting each bite could be one method to slow down and prevent overeating. And this leads me to the next strategy, which is slowing down and savoring your favorite foods. Now, a little bit of mindfulness while eating your favorite foods can make the experience way more enjoyable. And this begins with ditching the habit of labeling your favorite foods as bad or unhealthy and allowing yourself permission to eat the food and be fully present and enjoy it without guilt. Now, you're going to be way more likely to eat less when you do this. Now, I remember a time when I would cut little slivers of pumpkin pie and pop them into my mouth. And then what did I do? I would go back for another slice and then another slice. By the time I was done, I ate way more than a slice of pie. And it was far less satisfying of an experience than it is now. Now, I cut a full slice of pie. I put it on a plate. I eat it with a fork. I do this while I'm sitting down and mindfully allowing myself to enjoy it. Now I'm much more connected to the experience. I focus on all of my senses while I eat. I zero in on the taste, the texture, the flavors, the temperature, and how the food feels in my mouth. So much more satisfying. All right. 
Now we touched on diet talk a bit. The next strategy is setting boundaries with the diet fanatics and with the food pushers. Now being around friends and family during the holiday will definitely mean you're probably going to be opening yourself up to food, diet, weight, or body talk. And you throw a bunch of people together at a holiday party and you're bound to hear phrases such as, I'm being so bad. Ugh, my diet needs to start tomorrow. I shouldn't be eating. There's just so many calories. Or maybe you encounter the food pushers who try to guilt you into eating more than you desire, encouraging you to have another helping. Now, figuring out how to deal with these comments, whether it's directed toward what you're eating, pushing food at you, or just general weight and diet talk can help you get through the holiday gatherings without as much anxiety and stress. Now, the truth is food will never taste as good when it's topped with a mouthful of shame, right? You're allowed to eat your food without feeling guilty and you have the right to set boundaries and reroute conversations that focus on diety topics, talking about calories or what you should or shouldn't be eating and body shaming. Now, while it can be uncomfortable to voice disagreement with someone, it really doesn't have to become a big deal. You can simply change the subject. So if someone says, oh, I wonder how many calories this has, simply say, I don't know, but it's delicious. So what have you been up to for fun lately? Or you just might want to crack a joke like, hey, don't we have more interesting things to talk about these days? Dieting and obsessing about our weight is so 2010. <laughs> Now, if you're up for something a little more direct and self-revealing and you feel safe with the person in question, you can say something like, I'm working on developing a healthier relationship and behaviors with food. I'm finding it helpful to steer away from talking about diets and body topics. Or maybe something like this, you know, I used to be really strict about what I ate, but it just made me more obsessed with food. Lately, I'm trying to listen to my body and eat foods that I like and that feel good to me. Now, another great option is you can simply excuse yourself from the conversation. Take a bathroom break. Go in there and recite one of your positive mantras. Go to make yourself useful in the kitchen. Do some dishes. Clean the counters. Or step outside and get some fresh air. How about when those well-meaning food pushers start to get relentless with their demands for you to eat more, to try their new recipe, or to have a second helping? Now, remind yourself that it's your job to honor your body. It's not your responsibility to make someone happy by eating more. Just because Aunt Wanda made too much food again, that doesn't mean she gets to guilt you into having a second helping. You can simply say, everything was delicious as always but I couldn't possibly have another bite without feeling uncomfortable. But I would love to take some home for lunches this week. Great strategy. Now, the next strategy is to really emphasize some of the non-food aspects of the holiday. The holiday season is about more than just what's on the menu. It's a time to connect with loved ones, share stories, and make lasting memories. So I encourage you this holiday season to make an effort to place more emphasis and your attention toward the amazing people around you, meaningful conversation, and shared experiences. And so I recommend that you come up with a list of ways that you can fully embrace the meaningful non-food related aspects of the holiday season, and perhaps create some new traditions. Now, here's a couple ideas that I have for you. So it's a great time to revisit old memories. 
put out the photo albums or some videos and reminisce with loved ones. Give back. So you might want to round up some friends and family to volunteer at a local food drive, an animal shelter, a soup kitchen, or some other community organization. People in your community need more TLC than ever this time of year. So coming together with your nearest and your dearest can help you provide meaningful support for others that could use help. And it's a way to help you build new positive memories together. Creating a family bucket list. Collaborate on a list of things you'd like to do or maybe achieve together in the coming months. Start a family book club. Start a new tradition of decorating together. Maybe you get together with friends to tackle each house in turn. And as a group, you do the decorating while you chat, you listen to music, and you enjoy each other's companies. Movie night, right? Host a movie night. Maybe you want to watch holiday favorites, old classics, or another genre of movies. Maybe you want to do weekly drive or walk arounds looking at festive lights and decorations in different areas or neighborhoods. I like this one too. Start a family gratitude journal and record what each member is grateful for. And this could be a fun thing to revisit and add to throughout the years. Now, you may need to do some experimenting to see what feels right and what sticks and things that you're going to look forward to each season. It really is a great way to train your brain to recognize that the holidays are not just all about food. Now, number seven, and this one's important, make a New Year's resolution to not start over and not start a new diet on January 1st. Relying on a diet come January, whether it's consciously or subconsciously, is why you'll likely end up feeling like you can't pass up the extra helping at the buffet, at the holiday party, or why you can't pass by the cookies in the break room without grabbing a few, and why you end up feeling stuffed and out of control throughout the holiday season. If your mindset is that the holidays are a wash and I'll just go on a diet in January, it is far more likely that you'll end up feeling out of control throughout the holidays. When that's your mindset, even if it's more of a subconscious thought, your body knows that restriction and deprivation are around the corner and the upcoming restriction triggers mental deprivation and your body reacts like it's in starvation mode. And this is when that last supper mentality can take over with thoughts like, oh, I need to eat it all now because come January, these foods are going to be off limits. And that, my friend, is the slippery slope that will continue to keep you stuck in a messed up, unsustainable relationship with food, yo-yoing between restricting, overindulging, gaining and losing weight, and obsessing about food. And there is nothing healthy, peaceful, or sustainable about that. A much better resolution to make come January 1st is to keep moving forward on the journey to reject the diet mentality, honor your body's natural cues as you build a healthy mindset and behaviors with food. It is time to take your power back this holiday season. Remember, intuitive eating is not about perfection, but a continuous journey of building trust with your body, understanding your needs, and embracing the enjoyment of eating. And if you're having a hard time with food or have concerns about your relationship with food, I am here to support you with building a healthy mindset and behaviors with food this holiday season feel free to reach out to me via email at cindy at cindyfoxcoaching.com or book a free discovery call using the link in the show notes. 
Well, I want to thank you so much for being here. I hope that you're taking away some helpful tips that you can put into practice this holiday season. I hope you have an amazing week and we'll talk again soon.